Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's a privilege to be with you guys. Great to be here. Uh, it's also a fantastic church. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but this is an incredibly beautiful church. It is. It is. Your theme is peace. It's a grand theme. It's um, one that is close to my own heart. Uh, the first book I ever wrote was called um, The Promise of Peace. And, and so I hope you'll excuse me uh, by referring to some events and incidents of my own experience as I illustrate some of the theme as we have our discussion this morning. Is that okay? Okay. A few months ago, my wife and I were um, at a Baptist church. My friend was preaching. We don't go there often, but we went to the local church. He gave <coughs> a good service. And at the end, a lady, a sort of middle-aged lady, came up to me and said, Are you Alan Spence? Doesn't happen often in my life. I owned up, yes, yes. She said, I heard you preach 35 years ago at St. George's Deal down the road. I was intrigued. I, anyway, my memory doesn't go that far back, but I sort of leaned forward interested to see what she might say. And she said, you preached a sermon about leaving your gift at the altar. Um, I'll read the passage. Jesus speaks, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, go leave your gift there in front of the altar, first go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. That was the passage. So I sort of wondered where this was going. She said, well, after you preached that, I was having a lot of trouble at that time with my builder who was late on delivery and charging me too much. And I went to him. And I said to him, I can't have communion anymore because of the way you screen or messing me around in our relationship here. Anyway, this chap felt so embarrassed that he reorganized his life and his relationship with her and all was well. point is that our religious life and our relation with others are related in Jesus' words. Our relationship with God and our relationship with our fellows are intimately connected. The healing of one is linked with the healing of the other. We dare not separate our spiritual life and relationships from our relationships with the world. And that's why we pray, forgive us our sins or our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. <coughs> People pray it without thinking, but it's one of the scariest prayers you can imagine. It's saying, Lord, I recognize that my spiritual relation with you is related, not dependent, but related to how I relate with others. and the mending of relationships is sometimes superficial. We know that. 
We can watch the funeral of Prince Philip and see William and Harry walking along together, very politely. But we all know while we watch that they've got a problem with each other that's unresolved. Jeremiah said, they heal the wound of my people, and both were not serious. Peace, peace, they say when there is no peace. It's very easy to have superficial peace when underneath you have a problem. <coughs> Further illustration. We need to address the underlying problem about peace. I used to run script union camps in Zimbabwe for 16, 17, 18-year-old youngsters. And uh, Zimbabwe, particularly in those days, was a racially divided country. But I used to, on these camps, have white and black kids. And the white kids wanted peace desperately in this conflictual situation. And they wanted us to sing songs in those days used to sing a song bind us together they wanted us to hold arms and say in jesus all is right and forgiven and we're okay the black kids weren't so convinced they said there's institutional racism here and we can't pretend it's not here and we must face up to some of the problems they weren't so keen that we just smothered over the fact that there were problems there. They wanted to get to the bottom of the issue. And the bottom of the issue isn't just hugging each other on a camp, but stopping for a moment and thinking about how we are doing things in a country which was, which was unfair. So, we want peace, we need to find the underlying problem. We need to go down and think through where and from where does this thing happen that robs us of our peace. And I want to take you right back, just for a short time, right back to the beginning, right back to Genesis, to Genesis 3, to Adam and Eve in the garden, <coughs> to a story which I think is one of the most brilliant in the Bible. There's a story of two people who were given everything to eat, and there was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but they were told, don't eat the... No, there was the tree of life, and there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they're told, don't eat this one. We know the story. After the event, and I'm just going to focus on one part of it, God said, this man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and live forever. The point I want to emphasize is, he says, man has become like one of us. He knows good and evil, or the, <coughs> the difference between good and evil. one of the things that marks us as humans. Animals don't know 
the difference between good and evil. Perhaps a little child doesn't yet know. We grow into our humanity. Being human is to know and distinguish between good and evil. It's not just what's useful and what's not useful. It's not even what's helpful and not helpful. It's not even what's loving and not loving. It's knowing there's a difference between good and evil. It's knowing that that difference shapes this world and our lives in it. There is a conflict in this world between good and evil. Back to the Lord's Prayer. It's one of our prayers. Deliver us from evil. We're in a battle with good and evil. One of the consequences of recognizing good and evil is that when we do what is wrong, we are ashamed. Adam and Eve, after they had eaten the fruit, saw they were naked and they were ashamed. They sought to cover up their nakedness. It's a gift to be ashamed. It's a terrible thing when people do wrong and they have no shame. It's part of the road back to peace to feel shame. Some people can do evil, doesn't touch them. Shame. <coughs> For our wrongdoing is important. A problem with our age is that our friends and our psychologists keep telling us that we shouldn't feel guilty. If you go to somebody and you say, oh, I'm feeling terrible about what I said on Wednesday night. You know what most people say to them? Oh, you shouldn't. Oh, you shouldn't. You know, you, you can't blame yourself. And so instead of focusing on the wrong, we actually have everything around us saying there are reasons and excuses and all that don't carry guilt or shame. gift of, hum of humans that we can and do feel shame. Bonhoeffer was a great Christian philosopher, preacher in Germany, and he wrote this about guilt and shame. The most experienced psychologist or observer of human nature knows infinitely less of the human heart than the simplest Christian who lives beneath the cross of Jesus Christ. The greatest psychologist, insight, ability, and experiences cannot grasp this one thing, what sin is. Worldly wisdom knows what distress and weakness and failure are, 
but it doesn't know the godlessness of men and women. And so it also does not know that man is destroyed only by his sin and can be healed only by forgiveness. Only the Christian knows this. In the presence of a psychiatrist, psychiatrist, I can only be a sick man. In the presence of a Christian brother or sister, I can dare to be a sinner. The psychiatrist must first search my heart, and yet he never plumbs its ultimate depth. The Christian brother or sister knows when I come to them, here is a sinner like myself. A godless man who wants to confess and yearns for God's forgiveness. The psychiatrist views me as if there was no God. The brother or sister views me as I am before the judging and merciful God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Once we appreciate there is a difference between good and evil, and once we experience also in the darkness and through the darkness <coughs> of our own lives something of shame, we also know that we are accountable. We stand to account before God. The story illustrates it brilliantly. God says to the man and woman, why are you hiding? Why are you running away under the bushes and hiding? He says to Adam, did you eat of the tree? The questions will be raised. We are accountable. Our lives are not just like the tides and the sand here and gone and then washed clean again. Our lives are accountable before God. We give account. And when Adam and Eve are asked, what does Adam say? It's the woman that you gave me. She gave She gave the apples or she gave the fruit to me. He's got explanation. He's got mitigating circumstances. He's got in fact I didn't have it myself but she gave it. There is a joint responsibility. This thing is shared around. I am not the one alone in this matter. But also, but also, this woman is also part of the problem. Well, you gave it. This is the situation you created, Lord. Now, it's a theme I picked up when I was here for, I think, an Easter service a year or so ago. There is a distinction between asking for understanding and asking for mercy. 
There's a difference between saying to somebody, this is what happened and this is why I did it, and actually saying, I'm sorry. Don't confuse the two. Sometimes we need, of course, to explain what happened. But there's a total difference between asking for understanding and for mercy. When somebody comes late to their friend's party, they tend to say something like, I'm sorry I'm late. There was an accident on the M25 or the traffic was bad. But if that's the case, there's no need to be sorry because it, you don't need mercy, you just need understanding. Traffic is a problem. Very seldom will somebody say, look, I'm sorry I'm late. I was so caught up with my own self-interest that I didn't put aside enough time to leave early, which is normally exactly what happens. Do not believe people when they tell you, sorry, this is a bit harsh, but don't believe the rubbishy reasons that you should accept somebody was made. They just didn't actually focus on the importance of coming to your event on time. Now, I use that as a trivial matter to say there's a difference between saying sorry and saying here are the reasons why. And what Adam needed to do is to actually say sorry, to ask for mercy. But he sought understanding because he thought if God could just see how complex the situation was, it wouldn't look so serious. But it's mercy and forgiveness that we require on the road to peace. Adam and Eve's explanations were not an act of repentance. And so we get what is a terrible part of the story here, is that they get pushed outside the garden. And an angel with a flaming sword keeps them away so that they might not, now knowing good and evil, be able to reach out and take of the tree of life. Something has happened deep down in their being. They have seen, but they have not acknowledged. They have felt some shame, but they haven't confessed. And at the heart of the peace lost in the story of Adam and Eve is the root cause why so many of our situations are conflictual or conflicting. Darkness has been done by one party or another that has not been acknowledged, seen, recognized, and forgiven. And as a beginning of our series, peace is lost and needs to be found. So much to reflect on. 
And we live in a time, and having gone through two years of what we went through, 2020, 2021, we all will recognize when we're talking about peace, loss, because anxiety seems to have become our daily experience. We are afraid to move out, to meet people, to contact people. Even those who are very dear to us, the best way in the world, we were not allowed to go and see them for those who were in homes. Peace, loss. Relationships were broken. In some of those cases, not because we wanted them to be broken, but because of social distancing that became physical distancing. And other times, relationships broken, making sure peace is lost. So let's come to a time of prayer to reflect on all of these words.